and gentlemen, it's time for the main event. Welcome everybody to Monk If You Love Wrestling Podcast. Introducing first. From someplace far away, he is very nice, very evil, CJ. Being accompanied by his best friend from wherever, Rain, whatever, Freshly Squeeze, T-B-C. And now, the best in the world, Mr. Rizzo. This week on Honk If You Love Wrestling, we got more entrances into the War Games matches and what's going on with Austin Theory plus the lead up to Full Gear for AEW. And we got Mr. Rizzo, CJ, and TBZ in the house. How's it going, guys? I'm feeling awesome. Ooh, I was just going to say howdy, but that was, that, was, that was awesome. Excellent, excellent. Nice to see you, boys. Yes, shoosh, yes. Shoosh, please. Just kidding. So I'm just happy that we got all three of us in the in the show. Uh, Spence still not here with this California Wi-Fi, um, but maybe maybe down the road. But yeah, let's jump right into recap. The subjective art form of professional wrestling. What we got? I'm just feeling oozy today. What can I tell you? Ah, feeling oozy. <laughs> well, you know, my speak- dog. My dog. Speaking of feeling oozy, how about those Usos beating the New Day to open up Friday Night SmackDown and become the longest reigning? WWE Tag Team Champions of all time. I gotta say, I was kind of surprised a little bit. This Watching this match kind of got me in it. I was like, could the New Day actually win this? It's one of those matches where, you know, a lot of times you can call it beforehand, but this time it was like... You you felt that the Usos were probably going to take it, but, you know, because the buildup wasn't long enough between the, the Usos and the New Day, but yeah, uh... There is there is that thought that the new day the new day could take it. Never a doubt in my mind that they were going to take away the titles with Big E not in attendance. That's Son why of a bitch, I, I'm in. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a Big E guy. I want him there, even if he can't wrestle. Just put him on screen so we can just hear his voice. And because he wasn't there, the new day wasn't getting new titles. So that's this just was- that's how I looked at it. This motherfucker wanted Big E immediately back on when he still had the neck brace and when he was in the hospital. That's how quickly he wanted Big E back. He loves that he, guy. He didn't lose his vocal cords. He could have done a promo in the hospital bed. Oh. I know he's not jumping around, but give Big E the mic. He can do it. Yeah, he could be the Paul Heyman to Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. You know, and it's crazy to even think that a guy like Xavier Woods would even ever need a mouthpiece. But yeah, no, Biggie is just incredible on the mic. And and as we say every honk of you love wrestling, you are Miss Biggie. Uh, you're not a bitch like I said you were a few weeks ago. I'm so sorry about that. Um, I you you were getting you were getting wet. <sighs> yeah, geez, yeah. I, I take a couple <laughs> weeks off and it goes off the rails very quickly. Biggie, I do not support what CJ says about you. Please note that. I'm saying you got to keep a rain on me, but you know who doesn't have a leash on him right now? It's Sammy Zayn. He has been nowhere to be seen for the past few weeks. Yeah, where's he been? Where's my dog? I wouldn't say last few weeks, but yeah, no, I mean, Crown Jewel and SmackDown, the fans have been cheering for him. Uh, he just hasn't been there. 
I think there were some issues, some personal issues uh, that hopefully have been taken care of. But you know what I want to say is that the bloodline looks more united than ever without Sami Zayn's presence. It may, but that could just be that, you know, he's not a force there to rattle the cage, so to speak. Um, I just want to say that, like, coming into SmackDown, this was actually a good start um, because uh, we're getting to the part where Roman uh, is going to be talking about how he wants to take care of business. Yeah, he wants to take care of business, and uh, he does see Jimmy and Jay backstage, and, and he does tell them, how does it feel? to be the greatest of all time, which I, I'm sorry, I popped for that moment. It's just Roman Reigns' words went from suffering succotash to words that actually carry a lot of weight that, that make me feel something. So good on Roman Reigns, good on the new, uh, good on the, the bloodline. I'm sorry, TBZ, I think I cut you off. <laughs> uh, no, no. All I was going to say is that this promo was a good tease for the episode because then I was like, ooh, taking care of business. What's got to be taken care of? Where's Sammy? You know, it's a lot of questions are happening. And, and to start SmackDown, this, this got me in. You know, I was oh, like, yeah. I'm all in, buckled in. Let's go for some SmackDown. And those questions will be answered at the end of SmackDown. But, you know, before we get to there, uh, we got our Friday night fights, as we always do. We, we see Santos Escobar beating Shinsuke Nakamura via shenanigans. It's good to see Nakamura in the ring. Escobar can go. The, 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 the interference, that's a fine moment. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It wasn't clean. Great. Six-pack challenge time, which uh, had, had Shotzi win, uh, win the match to become a number one contender. Uh, she hit the never wake up on, on Lacey Evans. It was uh, Lacey Evans, Liv Morgan, Sonya Deville, uh, Raquel Rodriguez, and Xia uh, Lee in the match. Shotzi won. It looked like there was a little bit of a botch there, uh, but good for her. She's going to end up fighting. Uh, she's going to be the next in line to get beaten up by Ronda Rousey. Uh, Bray Wyatt. Uh, we see him make, a, re- make a, a reappearance after a little bit of an L.A. Knight promo. He's backstage. He's yeah. Back- yeah, we don't even need to splice L.A. Knight in there, but he's cutting a promo, doing his L.A. Knight thing. Bray be Wyatt, L.A. Knight. Yeah, be an L.A. Knight. Bray Wyatt does, uh, he shows up, and he doesn't really like that L.A. Knight is there, and L.A. Knight doesn't really like the fact that Bray Wyatt's there. So L.A. Knight starts cutting a promo on Bryant, uh, Bray Wyatt. Bryant. <laughs> yeah, Bryant. <laughs> Uncle Bryant. And uh, he just headbutts the fuck out of him. He just he just hits him with a headbutt. L.A. Knight, he recovers, and he's looking for Bray, and Bray just... But he disappeared like a phantom, like he shed on the coats. And then where did he go? <gasps> was it all in his mind? Oh, my God. It's crazy. We're not sure. But you know what? It was a little underwhelming. We want to, you know, I, I want to see more from Bray. I think we all do. But the Uncle Howdy storyline, that's got to get flushed out. And, and we'll see that. Hopefully and also feud with L.A. Knight. <laughs> kind of an odd pick, WWE. What's going on here? I mean, you'd assume that they both they want to give them both pushes. You do. But uh, my question is, is it L.A. Knight? Uh, To me, it kind of feels like he's targeting throughout his all of his promos. He's like targeting specific things. So, yeah, he interacted with L.A. Knight. That doesn't necessarily mean he's starting a feud with them. He's just more interacting with the superstars now. So maybe next week he'll be interacting with Madcap or something, you know? Yeah, that's definitely him with uh, unstoppable laughter. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Madcap goes back to his jokes, but he actually gets referenced uh, in a backstage uh, promo as well. We he see does. Emma. We see Emma, who is, uh, you know, in, in real life dating uh, Madcap Moss, and they're just looking for, you know, she's looking to say hi to him. And there's a little, ooh, do you like him? So we're going to see some. You're uh, crushing. Oh, my God, it, it was disgusting. 
It was, it was stupid on the nose. I was like, you could have done a better job with that. Yeah, you know, but like, I, it's, it's like these these grown adults acting like high schoolers. Like exactly. It's, I it's, like like them. It's cringy. It's still PG, so whatever. Um, you know what's not PG is the way that Shayna Baszler chokes out fucking people. Uh, still backstage, you see Shayna Baszler, you know, uh, go ahead and, and and attack Shotzi, while Ronda's just looking on and talking shit. And I mean, r- really, like I said, Shotzi's just fodder for Rousey, who's got a mad dog. It's I, Shayna Baszler. I was shocked that Shotzi won that match. Yeah. I was calling for Rodriguez, actually. I thought that would be a good matchup for Ronda, but here we are. Yeah, you know, it's just, unfortunately, it's just, as we know, who's going to get fed to Ronda, and it's Shotzi's turn. I, so. d- I don't like the lapdog feel that Shayna Baszler has. I mean, I'm kind of excited because it's the obvious end game where it's like Shayna versus Ronda is going to happen. Uh, yeah, and and, and and me being the, the Shane of fan, I'm like, please let her win that belt. But I don't know. It depends on when they do that. Are you going to have Rhonda go on for a while? And if you do, I'd argue yes, because she's at the end of the road. Something that you fail to understand, TBZ, is that Shayna Baszler needs to get her fangs back out after yes. being after after being humiliated and destroyed by I- the most feared move. So is that really humili- hum- uh, humiliated? She got hit by the oblivion she and bad luck. She ran into the, the, <laughs> the most powerful move in wrestling, the most revered and feared move in wrestling. She needs to get, you know, she needs to get back to where she was. And being a lap dog is not always good, but it worked for Diesel and Shawn Michaels. It worked for Wardlow and MJF. Hopefully it works for Shayna and Rousey, um, you know, uh, but but speaking of somebody that uh, just is getting knocked around like a motherfucker. How about Jinder Mahal? Jinder Mahal gets beaten down by Braun Strowman. What a squash. My dog can't catch a break. What sucks more is you're glossing over the fact that this was a World Cup tournament match. It is indeed. It was indeed a World Cup tournament match, as was the Escobar versus Nakamura one. I do apologize about that. Uh, they they do move on, and we do see Braun, you know, uh, just go for a ahead. Turn- just for a tournament match, give him a little, you know, it just it feels yeah, it disrespectful was... to be like you just get squashed in this tournament. Yeah, you mean the prestigious World Cup tournament? They should get more time. Well, sure. Here's... Like make the... it a twenty-minute match in the middle of the episode or something to break it up. Well, the winner, and I like the way they do this. The winner of the World Cup tournament does get a an intercontinental title match, uh, which honestly, for the contenders, that's really the the ideal situation. The, the like a world contender uh, match, it just you're getting fed to Reigns. The intercontinental title match, it's, it's actually like, hey, this mid Carter is going to fight this intercontinental champion, and there's a chance he's going to get fed to Gunther instead. Gunter. <laughs> Gunter, Gunter's, just, Gunter's still got his eyes on Ricochet right now. I just wanted to point out that I thought it was funny as I was watching SmackDown. I first thought this as they introduced this World Cup, I was like, oh, is this like another trophy that nobody's going to think about after two weeks and just disappear into obscurity? I was like, this is dumb. I hate this. And then later on, I think it's during the Nakamura match. They explain that it's for the IC belt. And I was like, ah delete this note this is no longer dumb <laughs> i was like no they, for sure they make it worthwhile yeah it's it, it, it's neat yeah good on you I'm, I'm invested in this tournament now and uh gender just can't catch a break today i learned that the bracket was for an ic title 
yeah, I think that that just a trophy. They realized now nah, we need to actually do something here, uh, so they did. Uh, you know, and and you know, hopefully the next contender to Braun doesn't have to fuck around and find out. But speaking of fucking around and finding out, we have B Fab who's about to go ahead and and have a match. We haven't seen her wrestle in a little bit, and. Uh, about to about to and here come the viking raiders out of nowhere with newly acquired sarah, sarah logan, logan who makes her appearance who uh just really quickly not going to touch on these two things but uh her look is extremely controversial for two reasons one of which her being a knockoff or just totally ripping the gimmick from uh, max I, I don't know her name I'm so sorry. Twitter's all over it. You can you can find it there. Honk if you love wrestling. Twitter will post the name of it. Uh, so follow us on Twitter to find out who who she stole that gimmick from. But also, uh, you know, there there's some other comments about the the black on her face being a little bit too much. Uh, it being a little a little touchy. So we do see that reappearance. We'll see what happens with her, especially being a a, a shoot. MAGA, you know, supporter, her being a staunch Republican, and then putting on so much black on her face, it feels a, it's, the, the Twitter world and the wrestling world's a little abuzz about it. Yeah, the best, I guess, not best, but like most interesting comment that I saw on Twitter was Sarah Logan couldn't steal an election, so she stole somebody's gimmick. And, uh, it was a little rough. It was a little rough. Um, so yeah, that's what Twitter is like with uh, certain wrestling with the wrestling community sometimes. So I know I'm repeating something horrible, but that's just what I read that got a pop. I just have to agree with my main man, Seth Rollins. Burn it down. Burn it down. Just straight up. And Elon, my boy, you're 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 crushing it. Keep it up. Oh God. Well, he actually. To be fair, he just posted that. Uh, he's, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I know. Escape this still. <laughs> I know. I don't want. I love Twitter right now. It's it's insane. <laughs> it's the craziest, and it's free. Anyway, uh, to finish up on SmackDown, we do see what TBZ mentioned a little bit earlier is that Roman Reigns comes down to acknowledge the Usos and give them the credit that they deserve. But once again. Mr. Roman Reigns can't get through his promo because he was interrupted by that crazy Butch. Butch and Ridge. Ridge Holland and... Which... Oh, sorry. A returning... This... Go on, sorry. Before I tell you who's returning... <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's rough. Gonna... I was just going to say no, I was good. impressed that, they, that Butch only tried to fight them once during Ridge's promo. I know. Ridge had to be like, all right, calm down. I didn't say the word yet. You, you Calm down, Butch. But but to reveal the big surprise, they were yes they were uh, they were greeted by by Sheamus who made his return after what? His, but Sheamus was injured. Yeah, after his injury, uh, he comes back to make it officially a fight night. Fight night. Uh, <laughs> they are they are going ahead and they're getting into a feud to set up for a war games match. You know, and theoretically, who else shows up with the brawling brutes? Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre comes out and he's still even got, the odds against the bloodline because there's just too many of them you know they're just they're they're a bloodline uh so yeah drew mcintyre comes out he's still got beef with roman he's got beef with the usos as well four on I, four on i think we five. see the war games match here this, this is the, the war games, games match that's what it i'm is saying it gonna be five on five or four on four i don't know ma'am uh five on five because now you have two mystery uh entrants who's gonna join maybe ko will come back 
Ooh, that's that's I a hot I, get, take. I thought I'd get something out of Mr. Rizzo here. It's well, a hot I'm, take. I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but it was a rough weekend this past weekend. Um for for a lot of us with dealing with the devastating news that um KO injured his knee. I'm not talking oh. about the Bills loss against the Vikings. I'm talking about you KO know, having an MCL injury and him maybe being out about six weeks, CJ said. So yeah, it's yeah, you're possible real. he can come out to the to the Survivor Series, but I think I was crushed a lot more about KO's injury than Josh Allen fumbling the ball the goal line, to be completely Yeah, you're a real, real piece of shit for bringing that up. Just can, can, we get some Fs, can we get some Fs in the chat for this, please? That was SmackDown. We see the the brawling brutes, the the Usos, uh, Sheamus Reigns, uh, Solo Sokoa, all all brawling to end the show, and and that was SmackDown. It was uh, it was, it was very odd. It ended very abruptly. Like yeah. I, I remember sitting there going, "This is the end of the show," and just <laughs> they're just like, like "Hurry up and fight, fight." TBZ had mentioned that we were going to get the number the numbers evened out, and I was thinking, well. We shouldn't because Sami Zayn should come out and give the advantage. But Sami didn't show up. They just ended the show, and I was like, uh, the Bloodline segment didn't hit as much as it normally does. So, Because Sami's right. not there. That's why. He Sammy. makes those segments great. Sami wasn't there. Oh, man. He was there. He was there in spirit. In Sammy the wasn't universe. there. I got you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rizzo. Somebody's seen Gold Member. He's so over. He's the most important WWE wrestler. I love him. Aside from I love you, Sammy. Send me an honorary shirt, please. I'll wear it, and I'll never take it off. I'll never wash it. It'll be my favorite shirt. Here's something real quick. I I am confused about the bracket that we talked about in the World Cup. Is Sammy in the bracket? Yes, he is. Okay, so that's what confused me when you guys mentioned that the IC title was the... Uh, the match at the end of the of winning the bracket because I thought it was for a number one contender match for Roman and if Sammy had ended up winning that and he was accidentally the number one contender against Roman for the title that was another fun story that Sammy was gonna like don't worry Roman I'm just gonna lay down I'm just gonna lay down and you can tag me <laughs> and then he like I'm into the nation of speculation here real quick sorry uh, then he like just subconsciously does the roll up because that's just instinct, and then they get all mad at him. And Jay's just out of the ring going, "Hey, see, I told you, I told you, see." He's, and then that just—I don't know. I like going off there for a minute. Sorry. Oh no, it's all good. We'll, we'll see what happens. So yeah, that was we. That was a lot of SmackDown. Uh, did we recap everything for SmackDown? Absolutely. Well, as we said, burn it down. Seth Rollins starts off Raw here. Yeah, keeping it with the with the WWE. We had Seth Rollins uh, was in Bobby Lashley, right? Uh, yeah, uh, it starts off with uh, Seth cutting a promo talking about last week. This promo made me real like Seth's heel right now is spot on. Like it Seth's is baby. It's hilarious. I love it. It's odd that like it's one of those things where it's like a heel's getting cheered for so well. Like everybody's like, yeah, we hate this guy. As Mr. Rizzo said, he you know he might be baby theoretically. He definitely was a heel previously to getting smashed by by Bubbles or or Lashley or but... taking Rey Mysterio's eye that magically grew back. <laughs> but you're right. 
You know, even if he's a baby face, he still has that obnoxious heel gimmick and that persona. He's like, he's like Waluigi. He's just <laughs> yeah. like, he's annoying and you hate him and you want him to go away, but he's all just. He's so yeah. fucking over. <laughs> Waluigi. So and uh, <laughs> Speaking of Waluigi, that's what this promo is about. It's about Finn ba- uh, his match with Finn Balor for, uh, for the main event. I thought it was funny though this uh the the card that they showed that advertising the match for later in the night they had two pictures of Seth and Finn both with their arms extended like one is Seth doing his thing but the other one is the judgment day holding him up after a match he's like I won oh they weren't doing like big arms from like the last supper they're both no. trying to do big arms you do no, big no. arms no you do I thought we can't all do big arms like gotta get the thing smaller I just I love the concept that Mr. Rizzo brought up of of the double Christ-like poses. I can imagine them backstage like, no, I want to be Jesus. No, I want to be Jesus. They're like, double Jesus. Brilliant. <laughs> but speaking of bubbles, uh, Mr. Rizzo, you, th- this promo then does bleed into Bobby Lashley and Ali both coming out. Like both of them have been harassing Seth and uh, Bobby and Ali end up having a match. Uh, so that's after Seth's promo and Seth does his kind of like, I'm going to slip away into the <laughs> the background. He, the, he slinks away. Real quick so on good. Ali. I'm not going to this really long, but I think this is the way that they're going to try to have a baby face run with Ali. They're going to have him get his ass kicked for a long time. Yeah. And it's the only way I think he might get some sympathy from the crowd because they've done a lot of different things. I think if he it's loses working. and loses and loses – and loses the same way, the crowd might get behind him. But I don't know. I'm just I'm guessing. We'll see what happens. That's it. I I, I can't think of too many successful loss streaks that have turned prosperous. Uh, like Corbin had a little bit of one, and I just can't think of any big loss streaks that turned out like, hey, this guy became a star from it. So it's a very niche thing that it could is happen. A huge like risk. Yeah, but there's a lot of reward if it works. Yeah, for sure. I'm just not sure what else they're going to do with Ali because I like him. I like his match style, but I feel bad just for a Ali. guess of what I'm thinking I'm seeing. But I didn't want to hold us but, up. Let's fly through Raw and keep going with the recap. It was a squash match. Bobby destroys him. He was pretty much dominant and, <laughs> and takes over. Yep. Uh, next up, they have OC promo uh, backstage there. It's advertising for uh, War Games. Uh, they're talking about... Uh, Oh, no, they're talking about, yeah, War Games. AJ Styles and uh, Finn Balor are going to be fighting at War Games. Or, yeah. So, like, I remember we were talking a couple episodes back. I was like, is Survivor Series just going to be the War Games match? But they are booking individual matches, which is neat. Uh, glad to see that is still an element in this pay-per-view. Okay, I, I misinterpreted uh, when, when you asked that the, the other week. Yeah, um, I think the last time they did a Survivor Series lineup where it was all Survivor Series matches might have been, like, 97. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this promo is just to kind of get Mia Yim more in the fold and kind of give her more screen time with them as a team to build camaraderie. Um, I did note, though, Mia Yim not down with Doc Gallows. He tried to be all like <laughs> during the promo, he was just all like, and everyone knows I'm good with the ladies. Am I right? And you see Mia Yim's over there like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like noted. Mia Yim does not like him. But yeah, so uh, more Survivor Series hype. You're going to get a lot of that in this Raw. Um, Speaking of Mia Yim, she actually has a match next against Tamina. And I kind of say that that way because it was just like, well, clearly Mia Yim's going to win this match. 
I mean, where it's placed as well, it's during a raw, you know, closing in on war games. So you want to build hype with her for her interactions with uh, OC and things like that. Uh, and that's pretty much what it was, a standard affair, you know. Uh, good to see Tamina. I hope she sticks around. I did note at the end of this match, we do get a <laughs> tease of Mia Yim versus Rhea Ripley. They had a little interaction after the match, and so, uh, you know, speculation would be that, oh, they're they're going to they're gonna get a mix-up there. Uh, moving on, we got uh, Riddle. He's hitting the bongs backstage. I liked this because Riddle uh, confirms... During this pro this segment that uh, Elias and him are a band because Alpha Academy comes over and goes, hey, where's your buddy Elias? And he's like, well, you know, he's off me signing gigs for our new band and stuff like that. So uh, I'm, I'm excited uh, because if you have any suggestions, we should mention them. If you send them to honk, if you love wrestling at gmail.com. And, and TBZ, I don't know if you heard or not, but we did have two suggestions already. Ooh, uh, yes, that's right. We had songs and bongs and rhythm and bros. Yes, yes. Um, Corey Graves actually does mention his uh, his thought on their band. Uh, it was Inflatable Grandpa. While I don't get it, at least you're trying, Corey Graves. I love uh, it. Corey Graves is so odd, and and this pairing is very odd as well. I don't, you know, I don't love all of the the marijuana undertones and the bongs. It's just like it's a little too in your face for me personally, but. Yeah, Riddle's kind of mid cardinate right now, and it's fine. Like he, <laughs> he's, I hate to Riddle. say it, he's got an Orange Cassidy status right now. He's not doing anything great, but the fact that he's there existing, I'm all for it. Sting. Sting will be another person who's a hero. The music that he's created over the years, I don't really listen to it, but the fact that he's making it, I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> He is literally high guying it right now. I mean, that is what yeah. he's doing. <laughs> like, whatever, man. I'm fucking right. I'm sure. playing my box. Like, whatever. Up. I'll get in a match, I guess. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, all right, Riddle. yeah. Alpha, Alpha where's, Academy. This. Where's Randy Orton? <laughs> you know, like, when's Randy coming back? I miss Randy. <laughs> and my kids. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, the promos to set up their match, which happens now. This was funny because Corey Graves, I enjoyed him uh, referring to Riddle's entrance. You know, you have the CGI graphics and when he goes, flips into the ring and flips his flip flops, they have like uh, an effect happen. Well, uh, this what came time out it, of his ass? What came this, out of his ass this time? This time it was rhinos. Rhinos. But if you ask Corey Graves, he called them chubby unicorns. <laughs> This guy's been out of his mind tonight, all right? <laughs> I had to rewind it. I was like, wait, what did he say? I, I got to confirm this. Call Corey Graves butter, because that man was on a Ugh, roll. Man. Uh, but yeah, so this match, uh, Gable comes on with a win. Uh, the match was okay. I, I argue the Johnny Gargano-Gable uh, match was way better than this one, so... Well, it's interesting because Alpha Academy <clears throat> recently picked up individual wins against both Elias and Riddle. They did. And so, yeah, I think this will, you know, we see the the forces coming together here. We'll have Alpha Academy versus Songs and Bongs in no time. It's also really interesting because the last time Elias got partnered up, it was begrudgingly with somebody that didn't want to partner up with him. And look how great that turned out. That's Riddle's charm, man. He's just like, no, nobody could hate Riddle. You know, you spend some time with this man, you're going to get in a tag team with him. Watch out. <laughs> Ah, uh, there's so many jokes I want to make right now, but we're not going to make those. 
I hear he prefers three ways. Speaking of not jokes. Sorry, matches. That's anyway. Sorry. Uh, I just want to touch on because we have our first reveal of the women's uh, war games match coming up. Mia Yim has an interaction with damage control to congratulate her on her victory. They're like, oh, hey, why don't you join us? And she's about to answer. But then OC comes in and intercepts her. It's interesting. They kind of like shoo away damage control. And she doesn't exactly agree to it. But to me, this is this is the start of that throughout this episode where you're just like, we're going to get an answer out of Mia Yim. What team is she going to side with? Not damage control, apparently. Not yet, at least. I mean, look at Judgment Day. They got Dom. They convinced Dom to join the fold. It's just a matter of time. And I think what's really interesting about this, too, is this is kind of putting out feelers for who could fit into damage control if they want to expand the, the faction. If they want to make it a little bit bigger, you can add a Mia Yim if they have good chemistry. You can add Nikki Cross if they have really good chemistry. You could take Alexa Bliss out of there. There's so many things you could do. So many things you could do. That's for sure. Well, we're putting those feelers out there. We'll see what happens. But we do see an awkward uh, interaction with Baron Corbin. They have a promo for him with JBL. They're playing poker backstage against some rando, uh, implying he, they're running the table. Uh, and then we see uh, Tozawa come up. He's like, hey, I want to play poker with you guys. And they're like, have you ever played poker? And then he's like, no. And he's like, all right, cool. Let's try and steal his money and stuff like that. Get him. So, Get him. Yeah. I don't. What is JBL doing? And what is this Baron Corbin? I, I don't. I don't. It feels like. Now, to be fair, uh, this JBL is kind of flashes and shades of of who he used to be as a character in the APA. He used to play a lot of poker games backstage and things like that. So I think they're trying to give Baron Corbin that tough guy rub from JBL, uh, potentially. Yeah, it just Baron Corbin seems like he's doing a lot of different things. Like he's not one specific thing. He's like it's almost like echoes of his former characters are all rolled up into this character right now. I don't know. I don't know. It was just it, to me, it was a weird promo, uh, but it is, set up their, marks. it is yeah. setting up their Tozawa match, actually, because then as they're playing poker, they're like, oh, I don't want to play for money anymore because he's winning all the time. And he's like, I want to match tonight. And Baron Corbin's like, fine. All right. Yeah, let's let's beat up this guy because he took our money. Next up, we have Miz TV, where Miz is going to apologize to Dexter for this odd scheme. Mr. Mizzer's Neighborhood. What a, what Mr. A situ- Mizzer's Neighborhood. Yes, yes. He did come out with some different apparel. It was very notable. Even the announcers were talking about it. But uh, I, what I was situ- kind of like interesting. What a situation the Miz put Dexter in. You know, what a what a <laughs> right? what a what a place, you know, what a what a what a rube. What a heel. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand it. He you paid this man to terrorize you? To, to put the it's odd, to say the least. Mr. Rizzo, you have something to say. I got a fun way of going about this angle. Um, I know you didn't finish up what happened with everything with The Miz and apologizing. The very end of this, we have Dexter come up behind him dressed as the cameraman. Yeah, that was neat. And uh, let's just say they stole that gimmick from AEW. <laughs> oh man 
Oh, man. I'm not trying to start the business. I was just trying to have some fun there for a second. Because oh, yeah. he looked exactly like the actual guy that they were joking was Claudio in the um, the cameraman that works for AEW. It's the guy with the yeah. with the faux hawk. Yeah. He almost looks like Dexter. So I was just kind of <laughs> like, they actually stole everything from this. But right. anyway, I was just trying to have some fun there. Go oh, on. yeah. No, that was good, man. Dexter showing up does set up their match at War Games? Is that what it's I'm... in two weeks? No, because that's the funny thing I've heard in other podcasts was that this feud has been going on for like fifteen weeks, and then we're supposed to get all the answers in two weeks. Like, yeah, like it's going to end in two weeks. Like they're not going to keep going until WrestleMania with this stupid shit. Like right. it's just never going to stop. So th- this sets up their match where it's again Dexter wins. He gets a contract with WWE, which we've seen this before. All so, I'm saying two weeks is that ago before Miz stopped it happening. Ever True. since, ever since Vince has left, people have been running roughshod over over this company. They're just coming and going. This man doesn't even have a contract. Trips has got to get. He's got to tighten this up. Jeez, but uh, yeah, with Loomis and everything, it's it's just he's a good character. And the Miz's angle, I feel like this actually worked because the entire premise of Miz hiring him to get more fame for like, oh yeah, being attacked when a star gets attacked, you know, there's that notoriety. No, Miz is getting a rub because it's Dexter Loomis and Dexter Loomis is getting a rub because it's the Miz. Uh, It's so mutually beneficial for these guys to just be on screen together. Um, The angle's wonky and it's weird, but it's doing what it was intended to do. Uh, To reference my boy Seth Rollins again, it's like when Seth turned heel. It was rough. It didn't make sense. I don't know why it's happening. But once it happened and you're just letting it happen, it, 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 the stories they make from the character rather than the transition are way better. So here's hoping. But uh, I'll, I'll say I got a little spider in the cage vibes from this. The whole I'm going to tell the truth. And then they told the truth. And I was like, that is the truth. OK, sure. Why not? <laughs> But it's, it's just, been great. I did like, like as R- Mr. Rizzo pointed out, I did enjoy this different Miz because it's been like it's kind of been the same Miz we've been seeing. And on this show, it's like he changed it up. You know, he was doing the whole like, I got to be a family man. Yeah. My, my brother, who doesn't watch as much wrestling as the three of us, he saw the promo and thought it was pretty funny and just said, it's a cardigan. <laughs> yeah, um, and just, I really like that one. I just thought yep. that was funny. So <laughs> CJ, TBZ. what you got? TBZ, can I get that one more time? I'm going to be a family man. I'm going to be a family man. <laughs> I love that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny you say that, because The Miz has sh- shown so much versatility throughout the years. He does default to that same character, though. Uh, you know, that, that typical heel. So it's good that he has some consistency, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, a neat, just... it, it was a neat change of pace. For and sure. uh, it, it, it kind of felt reminiscent of MJF. Like when he like specifically, I'll say when he was in Buffalo. Oh, hey, yeah. I love Josh Allen. You all love me. Yeah, we're the best. You know, it, it was like that kind of heel where it's just like putting on a facade. And oh, it's brilliant. It worked. It, worked. Brilliant. it, it was good to see that on, on, on the Miz because now I'm like, how would that translate into WWE? There it is. Thank you, Miz. <laughs> I did like how the look that he had aged Miz so much because with the cardigan and the glasses, I pictured him like he looks at himself as like this icon dancing with the stars is like, you know, but I looked at him as like an 80 year old man or a 70 year old man about to tell a 
like the Christmas story, you know, in front of the kids. Like that's what it looked. It just I don't know. It's funny. I want to see him with the glasses on and when he's like I don't know. I just thought and it was funny. Although I love that that Miz that that picture of the seventy year old grandpa Miz, I prefer the thought of a seventy year old like Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair Miz just really clinging on to that fame and just like remember me, guys. <laughs> Dig up Speak- a bunch of skeletons from his past, you know. Speaking on clinging on to fame, Dom Mysterio, Wick. <laughs> Dom Wick, Dom Mysterio, Dom Ripley. He he's getting himself, I think. Uh, you know, he's right. His his ass his ass is right in checks. His ass can't catch. Uh, he meets up with Shelton Benjamin backstage, and he's like, "Hey, you, you're a failure. I'm way better than you. I'm like Eddie Guerrero." And Shelton Benjamin's like, "Boy, you better watch yourself." And then Priest is all like, "Yo, chill out. You got a problem with Dom? You got a problem with me?" And all while Priest is talking to Shelton Benjamin, Dom just keeps popping up, going, "Yeah, what he said." Yeah, get him. <laughs> he's just like a hyena behind Priest, and, and so Priest is all like challenging. He's like, "You want to fight Shelton?" And then he's like, "Yeah, I accept your challenge." And he points to Dom, and he's all like, "What? No!" <laughs> yeah, Dom says under his breath, "I, I thought you challenged him." <laughs> yeah, that was. I, I, I was like, "All right, you got to be laughing, Dom." All right, and that's the thing. It's it's we are seeing Dom grow as a character. And one thing that I love too is the the Eddie Guerrero references that he keeps making. You know, a lot of people will be like, "Okay, that's kind of cool that he's referencing Eddie," but it's like, no, he's referencing him instead of his real father. Who he storyline wise, it's such a heel thing to do. And if you don't get Dom in the ring, he's learning on the mic. Uh, maybe it's Finn. Maybe it's Rhea. Uh, maybe it's just I don't know, but he's he's progressing. Rhea's telling him what he to is. say. Fact, he is. Uh, I, he, I'd he, listen. Not. Uh, I was going to compare him to Jericho in a in a fashion where it's like he's still messing up, but for him, he's younger, so I'm like, he's got time to learn. But um, this week, he did show some some great improvement, uh, just with his character and the way he acted on screen. He felt more comfortable as opposed to rigidly doing a thing. And it's like, buddy, just, just roll with it. You know? Well, this, this bleeds into Dom versus Shelton Benjamin. Um, it was a good match. Uh, it was interesting to see Dom. He, well, honestly, Dom played the role of live in this match. He uh-huh. kind of got beat up and he was all like, please, no, don't hurt me. You know, it was just like, he was getting dominated uh, at the start of this match. I, I even noted this. I was like, man, I'm going to point this to Rizzo and be like, hey, this is how you do this match. Look at Dom over here. Um, All I heard was he was being dominated. Oh! This comment right here. Eat shit, Dom Mysterio. But Dom does turn it around. He actually gets you just the got win. Hon- Sorry, you just and- got honked. <laughs> Dom Dom ends up pulling off the win on Bel- on Shelton Benjamin. Um, kind of expected that when I saw that Shelton's back. I'm like, there's no way. I've seen this a hundred times. He comes back for someone to ho- pull Volt over. Um, but uh, notably with minimal interference for the Judgment Day, which is important. It's, it is because Dom, in his recent matches that he's had, the Judgment Day has had to like step in and be like, bail his ass out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like again more improvement like this whole week for dom has been very he's on the uptick 
Sure, but you know, as you mentioned, he's still got those scrappy do vibes. Where it's like, uh, fuck I'm here guy. for it. Lean into that, please. <laughs> Go show Why some I oughta... hey. <laughs> Yeah, what he say? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man, they just made him full full fifties gangster heel. <laughs> Uh, so next up, we have Austin Theory, and this is one of the points I kind of wanted to dig into on Raw. Um, Austin Theory as a whole, uh, maybe not this moment in time, but we have a promo. You know, it's him just basically talking about everything, you know. Oh, I lost money in the bank. Yeah, well, look at what the position I was in. You know, I've got Roman Reigns, who's got the bloodline, and then there is Brock Lesnar, and then there's Tyson Fury. It was a very moving. It was, it was different for Austin. Yeah. Theory, you know, normally he's sitting there. I'm the best. I'm the youngest. Look at me. Blah, blah, blah. Now he's more like, come on, man. I'm under pressure. And I got all these guys. Coming. You know, it, it was it was a moment of realness that was much needed for his character. And as Mr. Rizzo mentioned before we even started casting is that I kind of mentioned that. Yeah, just fucking cut the guy at this point. You buried him <laughs> so hard, you know, as a joke, as a joke, listeners. Uh but uh, really, this rejuvenated him. This this really brought him back. So what I was continuing, and not so much CJ saying as hard as that he needs to be released, but those were talking points that I like read elsewhere on the the Twitterverse. Um, from him to go to, I no longer have my briefcase. To obviously, if he's doing this stupid cash in with the U.S. title, they don't think anything of him. So he's going to be released soon, and they're just going to bury him. And I, I never thought that that was going to happen. I think we played a clip from him being talked by KO on what he needs to do to show passion at this place. And he flipped us. He, he told us why he cashed in, gave us a little reasoning behind it, whether you believe it or don't believe it or care about it. And either way, he just went off on the match that he had and then later on in the show and showed us, I ain't no damn kid. I, I'm 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 here to be reckoned with. And he he showed us. And I think it was a good reset for his character, like CJ mentioned. Yes. Yes, for sure. Hard reboot, quick reboot. Well done. It was yeah, done very well. I liked all um, the moves. I like how he continued to beat up Dolph after his match. Mm -hmm. um, just good stuff. And I like the reason why I never thought a guy like that was going to get released was his moveset's awesome. He's a young kid that they can tell and mold in any different ways they can. So, yeah, hard reset, good stuff. Let's see what happens going forward. We will see what happens going forward. A-Town down. A-Town down. Uh, then we have the damage control promo where Rhea comes over and basically demands to be on their team for war games i'd listen to her it was so <laughs> dramatic where they were going to do this big reveal of who's going to be on Rhea. She's like, yeah i'm going to be on your team and they're like oh, yep. oh okay anybody cool. got a problem with that yeah. it's like all right, sounds good sounds good we all on the same page we're good <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah yeah this is all right yeah um and nikki cross was just staring off into space yeah, she's just in the background, like sitting on a bunch of boxes or whatever. I don't know what's up with that. I'm kind of I'm interested in that. For her to just be like staring off in the space and like not be involved, I'm just I'm wondering what that is. We'll see what that is. Well, to call the Nash out here, um, Bianca in a promo rivaling this one, uh, you know, an interview, they're like, oh, who's going to be on your team? Uh, Mia Yim decides to join Bianca and friends. They got to come up with it team name for this i'm i'm calling them bianca and friends but uh mia yim decides to join 
And then um, they ask him who's going to be their fifth member. And they're like, we're not going to tell. Why would we give you those secrets? So now they're advertising. Who's this fifth entrance going to be? Did they um, say that they were going to announce it? Or are we just going to be guessing until the pay-per-view? Um, they didn't mention what they're doing with it, but they showed a card that shows the female war games and theirs is and vacant right is now. in it at the moment. Vacant is in it it's almost undefeated. You don't want to be facing vacant. I think we'll reveal it before the match, but it's like, we're going to advertise it and kind of make you want to watch to see if we announce it next week. Why would I ever tell anybody that I was going to get into a fight to who I was going to bring to it? I want a wild, unexpected TBZ punch out of nowhere to the back of somebody's head. I think that this is brilliant. I think that this is great. Yeah, don't announce your member. Let them sit there and wait. And then you get a surprise return or whatever it is. It's a little pop. It's it's free. It's yeah, it's a free pop. Yeah. uh, So right now, I think I know who it is if we want to. I know who it is. It's going to be Dana Brooke. Yeah. I say this because uh, you pair them off, right? You've got uh, Rhea and Mia Yim because of the uh, the tease from earlier. And then you've got those three that are pairing off. What did Nikki Cross do in all of this? Oh, yeah. She threw away the 24-7 belt. So you can have Dana wanting vengeance for that that title that meant everything to her. Yeah. That or (laughs) R-Truth. There. Oh, ooh. <laughs> True. I thought I was getting mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, uh, just sticking with something a little serious with who I think it's going to be. I actually don't think that this is much of a mystery. If it's not who I'm going about to say, I will be surprised. And I just I'll think be it's obvious. Uh, awesome. I, I think it's pretty obvious that it's going to be Beth Phoenix. Uh, that's what um, Rhea is going to get some her her comeuppance from, from Beth from what Rhea and they did to edge and we'll see when that happens but that's me jumping at the uh uh nation of speculation i just think it's too soon because then you need you would need edge to come back right or no, you just bring in just back up. for this match yeah and then she just all right see you later yeah uh okay uh i mean i, I the 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 hellacious attack that they implied that happened to Beth. This is a little fast is what I would say to that. That's and all. I just don't know if Beth has that energy to get or garner such a pop unless she's, you know, brought back with edge in a storyline with him. I, I'm going to guess Lita. Fuck it. Ooh, it's going to be Lita. Mickey James. Yeah, actually possibly. Yeah. Very Bring possibly. Back- it could be Mickey James. Isn't she in impact right now? The other person that I, the other lady that I think would join it that I think they might have set up would have been Candice LeRae as uh, another baby face. Ooh, yeah, no, that's so, a good one because she's back there. Face. She she definitely rubbed. Uh, yeah, I said she, this earlier. How it was weird that she's doing her heel persona, but rubbing elbows with Bianca and friends. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's definitely that's a, a possibility. One. It's probably yeah, not so going to a lot of well. nation of speculation talk right there, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anything else on? Well, I don't know if we finished recapping Raw. I mean, I jumped ahead a little bit with. No, with we're Raw. coming up to the Austin. main event, which actually brings our boy Austin Theory back. Yes, it uh, the did. Finn Balor versus Seth match. This uh, this was a good match. Um, I noted in Seth's intro, I noticed how they listed as his accolades of the visionary. But why that and not a revolutionary? Or an architect. 
I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, why did they choose that one out of the myriad of nicknames that he has? Um, but it was a solid match. Uh, I would say not a honker if I had to bust out the honk on him. Um, but you know, you had your standard affair. This, this kind of felt a little bit like, uh, you know, the rivalry of your back from 2018 when Seth and uh, Finn were at the height of their career, in my opinion. Seth, who was just a callback from earlier, the succotash sufferer, the one who suffered the succotash. Sorry about that. Just just a quick little callback <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, but no, uh, theory coming out um, during this match. Is, is that correct? He doesn't come out during the match, actually. So there is a kerfuffle that happens at the end of this a what? A kerfuffle. Oh, dear. Uh, so Seth and, you know, Seth and Finn are going back and forth. And then all of a sudden the Judgment Day tries to come out and help Finn win the match. As Judgment Day gets out there, they're lurking. And as they're lurking, cue the OC that comes out and starts to fight with uh, the Judgment Day because of their whole War Games stuff going on. And that's all happening while Finn and Seth are still fighting in the, in the ring. So it's just bedlam at this point. Seth wins with a stomp. They're like they're cutting to all this chaos and stuff like that. And then they cut back to Finn uh, trying to come at Seth. He uh, counters, uh, gets him in position to do the stomp. One, two, three. We're out. He wins. As that clears out, Austin Theory comes in and beats the hell out of Seth. Oh, he even takes his belt and beats him with it. Well, Austin sh- Theory is a menace. It's strange because Seth Seth used to mentor Austin Theory. He did? Yeah, absolutely. Seth was uh, uh Theory was in Seth's stable for a little while. What stable? The Shield? Uh no. Give me one second here. Are you thinking of Gargano in the way? No, give me a second here. Uh, you guys can continue. I'll, I'll I'll talk to you in just a second about when they were. Yeah, uh, Austin Theory joined Rollins' faction with Buddy Murphy. Oh, uh, that's at the end of the Rey Mysterio. I take your eye, and and that was also when they were calling him the Visionary. So I think that that does answer a little bit of the question about why they referred to there him. There we go. And it was oh, Angel Angel Garza as well was in that faction. <sighs> Sorry wow. about that. I know it's a blast from the past. <laughs> a blast from the past. Wasn't that two years ago? Two years ago, but they did have some they did have some history there. Only two years? Jeez, it feels like it's been forever. <laughs> well, I mean, the Vince McMahon era is gone. It All is right. Gone. It's ancient history now. But yeah, uh, I think they're gonna start a feud there now. I think Austin Theory is gonna challenge for the US belt against Seth. Because that is heavily implied. Although and- he did classic mistake he goes to hold up the belt held it up upside down oh, not a great start kid <laughs> fumbled the bag it's great I, for the u.s title though because it's it is getting some shine with lashley having it taking it from theory and seth having it it's getting some you know seth Rollins is a great fighting champion while you may be correct it is shining because it is the only belt on raw to fight for <laughs> jeez i thought brock lesnar was bad when he had that damn title Vince McMahon said, hold my beer. (laughs) Roman has it, and he's on SmackDown. He's got both the belts. Fuck you, Raw. (laughs) He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, he'll be on Raw when he feels like it. Mostly SmackDown, though. (laughs) Vince is like, fuck them ratings. (laughs) Jesus. But you're right, though. It is getting a lot of buzz with this rivalry because we had all eyes on theory, and we're like, what's he going to do now that, you know, 
daddy's gone. Oh, man. And, and, and this, what I saw this week, I think you're crushing it, kid. I think you, I think you got it. I think we got legs with this, as Rizzo would say. Real American hero. Real American. And that's the main event. That's raw. Well, that was a lot of wrestling re- recap for WWE. Uh, let's change pace a little bit and go into some more personal topics with our uh, our top three most memorable matches. And this would be personal memorable matches, not just overall memorable in the, the you know vacuum of wrestling. These the biblical matches, sense. These matches don't have to be honkers. No, they don't have to be honkers. They just have to be something that stick out in your mind. Uh, something that really, for some reason or another, something you could remember, uh, a moment that happened or something that, that really stuck with you. Well, anything Hence, that makes you feel like the Miz kid. Something that oh. makes you remember the damn match. Uh, how many years after you watched it? I'm just saying that that child remembered that match. <laughs> now, gentlemen. You, you know this, the Miz kid gif? Oh that yeah, angry girl and the yeah. Okay, okay. just make a joke. Just make a make it, Making that stank face. Yeah, well, guys, guys. What I think uh, and what what I think I remember we, feeling we, that hatred for the Miz. <laughs> <laughs> what I think we agreed upon is uh, as coming up with our top three most memorable matches that that we have. We also have some honorable mentions. OLIs. Uh, we figured that we're going to go three, 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 two, 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 one, one, one. We didn't decide who was going to go first, second, or third, though, gentlemen. What are you thinking? I'll go first, just so you guys can have the end of the show with your top ones, I guess. Sure thing. Uh, Mr. TBZ, uh, I mean, sorry, I'm just adding that to your name now. That's fine. Uh, TBZ, uh, would you like to go second or last? No need to be so formal. We're best friends. Uh, (laughs) I'll go first. Um, It's the intro. Or I'll go, yeah. Second? All right. So before I give my number three, I got to give out my OLIs for my outside looking in. And I got two of them, one that's kind of serious and one that's kind of funny. Um, But they're both very memorable to me. Um, The first one is the original War Games match for NXT. Uh, The outside looking in. That's when Roderick Strong turns. He was with the AOP, and then he um, helped out uh, the Undisputed Era and put the armband on, and that's when they really started the Undisputed Era for for the group of four. Um, so that was pretty cool. What a great um, so faction. What was a great, a great faction. faction. Had Fantastic. Head legs. Um, just, love, yeah. our, love our intro. <laughs> yeah. So um, the other one, which I know you guys will, I know for a fact that CJ hasn't seen. There's a possibility that TBZ may have seen this match. Um, and it's at my local wrestling, and that was ESW. Um, and that was Gregory Iron and RJ City had a hardcore match, and this match that they had against each other... I did see this match. They came out together with body bags and all the stuff they had. They had pillows. They had cheese graters. And instead of using the cheese grater, like, on someone's cheek, they just, like, used cheese and, like, grated the cheese over the top of them, and it was it was funny. <laughs> Ended up happening. They, they both died simultaneously in the ring because it was a death match. And then later on, there was a tag match, and they came back from the dead and became the tag team champions. 
And it was really memorable. My daughter loved it. It was just a lot of fun at the show. So I just have to put it out as my memorable match. What do you God guys bless ESW. And Mr. Rizzo, as we mentioned, these are just memorable. We didn't have to say they were going to be great, but it's not something that anybody would think that I would like, but I love shit like that. It's so over the top and silly and funny that it's great. More of that works for me. So yeah, you got some OLIs, T, uh, TBZ. Well, you stole one of mine. Uh, oh, no, the... <laughs> you did. I thought you had a different one. I didn't know that was the first match. Didn't you talk about the the Dusty Rhodes Classic Final? No. I thought you were talking about that was how... the first War Games match. Okay. Uh, well, my OLI then is is this match, <laughs> um, the Dusty Rhodes Classic Final. It was in 2018. It was the triple threat match for the at the time NXT tag belts. Authors of Pain versus Undisputed Era versus Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne, a.k.a. Butch. And oh. uh, this match, so to date myself, this was in my infancy of uh, wrestling. I was just in, newly inundated in this uh, this community that we call the subjective art form of professional wrestling. And um, this WrestleMania weekend, this match happened, and I'm watching this, and I just watch... Pete Dunne and uh, Kyle O'Reilly just duke it out in the mat in the in the middle of the ring. This is the end of the match. They like double KO and they're just flat down in the mat. And then I watch Roderick Strong come over, take uh, Roger Strong, who's with Pete Dunne. He takes Kyle O'Reilly and drapes him over Pete Dunne, who are the legal men. The ref comes over, counts him one, two, three. UE retains their belts. I go. Why would he want his teammate to to lose? What's happening? And then he goes over, grabs the band off of Adam Cole, which is the UE band, and puts it on his arm. And I'm like, what does this mean? And they're like, he just joined their faction. I was like, what? I was like, what is this? They're like, it's NXT. I'm like, I got to start watching NXT now. It's such so great. And, and that oh. had to have been such an amazing moment because it is a very memorable match. And and to see something like that for the first time, especially just, being such a young fan, that's amazing. Had, we're gonna watched, get we're gonna get killed by our fans here because I think we are talking about the same match somehow. <laughs> that's what you said. He's like you joined UE, and I was like, That was my match. But was <laughs> sanity was in the match that I thought I was talking about. No, it, it was the same one, and I was just hoping we were going to glaze over that. But... <laughs> oh, yeah. <So> horrible. I was right. <laughs> yeah, you were correct, sir. That's my only OLI. Okay. Well, bye you there, CJ. All right, so I do have two OLIs. The first one, I had to get my boy Kenny Omega on the list. And, and yeah. my first OLI, Kenny Omega versus Kazushika Akata in New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Dominion uh, 2018. It was a two out of three falls match. Um, I hate to be that guy, but it was a seven-star rated match. Um, it was absolutely what, absurd. What, how many honks would you give it? Uh, it's, it's, it's the match to watch. Uh, what's, what you say it was a four honker. Yes. It's a four honker. It is absolutely the wrestling match to watch. Um, CJ has a heart. It might be the best wrestling match of all time. He does love wrestling. (laughs) As far as being memorable is concerned, like, yes, it's memorable for me, but I also watched it at a weird time in my life where it was like, uh, all right. It just didn't stick to me as, you know, it was greatest match ever, but I don't know, whatever. So that 2018 uh, Okada versus Omega match might be the greatest match ever wrestled. Um, one thing that I do have to bring up uh, with my second OLI is is another NXT, uh, you know, sweetheart couple, uh, Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. 
they had an absolute blood feud throughout their tenure in, in uh, NXT. You know, being friends, going to rivals. Uh, there's a match near the end of their rivalry. I don't want to get into it too much, but uh, it, it was a really hard, brutal fight fought in Chicago. Don't worry, I'll pick up the slack. I figured you would uh, on this. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to bury the lead too much, but uh, the memorable moment there was at the uh, near the end of the match. Champa and Gargano were in the crowd. They they were fighting. And and Champa was beating Gargano down, and and I believe what he does is he licks, he he sticks Gargano's finger in his mouth. Ugh. He takes off Gargano's wedding ring and throws it into the crowd. It is the most disrespectful thing that I've seen another person do. Like you know, spitting his best friend. It's just such a great moment. That's just so. It's just Champa. You're such a heel. You come out to no music all the time. What are you doing, you monster? But but as far as honorable mentions go, those are those are my two. Mister Rizzo, your <laughs> number fun three. Here. Number all right, three, before three, I give my number three, I want to call out both myself and TVZ. For our OLIs not actually being memorable matches because we couldn't remember the damn match of who's in it. Because <laughs> I we did, are, you did. Don't no, put it. I'm saying you too because both of us you are confusing me. <laughs> the first and second War Games matches. That's what I'm saying. The first match was Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly versus Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong. Versus Sanity. The next year, it was Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and the War Raiders versus Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong. So we're just mixing the two of them together. They're both awesome awesome matches, but they weren't memorable enough to remember who the fuck they were in the match. So I'm just calling both of us out on that. That's Both of us. There's just a lot of wrestling, okay? Yeah. and to be fair, I also didn't yeah, recognize it. <laughs> I didn't recognize it because the War Raiders were in the match, and I don't remember a goddamn thing they've ever done. Who? So. You mean the Viking Raiders? The Viking or do you mean experience? the Viking experience? The War Viking yeah. Raider guys with cannot, Sarah Logan. I, we cannot forget this. Viking experience is eternal and immortal. We all will remember <laughs> how terrible Vince McMahon was with this. Moving he's on. The, he's the greatest. Okay, back to our actual list. No, three, um, three, 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 three. Uh, things that I actually remembered. These three matches, I remember them. Number three on my list is Kevin Owens versus the demon Finn Balor in Japan on the special premium live event or pay-per-view called The Beast in the East where Brock Lesnar destroyed Kofi Kingston, but we're not talking about that match. We're talking about KO who had made his main roster debut. He was the NXT champion. And the the Finn Balor as the Demon won the NXT title for the first time in Japan. I loved, I got to see the crowd, the streamers that they throw at the wrestlers when they win. And it was just, it was really awesome. Oh, the funny part was that uh, there was a little thing between KO and John Cena with him coming up and beating John Cena when he first started. And he was doing all of John Cena's moves against Finn Balor in the ring. So he was doing the you can't see me, the shoulder tackle. It was really cool. So that was a memorable. It was the first time uh, Finn won a title. Uh, so, yeah, that was memorable for me. I love it. It's, it involved it's, KO. 
<laughs> it involved KO. It involved Finn. Both just amazing wrestlers yep. shining at that time. Well, I'm going to go out and also be a bleeding heart for my boy Hangman. My uh, number three is uh, Hangman in the Dark Order versus the Elite and the Good Brothers during Fight for the Fallen. Uh, this was a match where if the Dark Order and Hangman won, they would get them championship opportunities. Hangman specifically against Kenny Omega and uh, somebody from the Dark Order. They'd form a tag team. I think it was Uno and Silver. Uh, either way, they would get a chance for the tag belts uh, because the Young Bucks had it at the time. Yes. It had to, obviously. Yes. Um, or the Good Brothers may have had it. No, just kidding. Anyway, yeah, it was a good oh, match. No. Um, the Hangman storyline as a whole uh, leading up to his championship uh, win was amazing. I like I I think it was one of the best things I watched in wrestling and I was glad to be there live for it. So watch anything involving that, but this match specifically I loved because the BTE before this dynamite, they had a dark order segment where they gave Hangman a new costume and they did the pulp fiction thing where they open it up they're like, oh, "Wow," and you never see it and you're like, "Damn." Me to me I'm like, "I can't wait for BTE next week." And then they show it on this episode and he comes out in that in the attire. You just immediately like, that's it. Oh, my God. Ah. And it was just it was like at the peak where I was just like, Hangman is is just he's finding friendship. He's going to find success through friends. And this is great. I love this. Ah, and, and the match was great, too. Like any like six, eight man matches that they get in there, they they if you get you get a team together that jives like Hangman in the Dark Order and the Elite and Good Brothers at this time gold just gold oh yeah absolutely and and they were so hot at the time they were so over the entire storyline was just brilliant and they flipped flip the script because at this time it was like this feels right this is the time for hangman to get that opportunity and they lose and they're like you can't fight for this belt and we're like but what huh now's the time so you oh. can't have this yeah i'm winning anyway that's my top that's my three all right, and, and so for my number three most memorable match, um, a lot of my fans are going to be really mad at me. Some of them are going to be they're, they're going to be so happy with me with this. But I'm going to call out Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. WrestleMania 25 and 26. It might be 24-25 or 25-26. They had two back-to-back WrestleMania matches. Um, I wonder why Undertaker was undefeated for so long. Oh no! Just just beating up jobbers like Shawn Michaels. Uh, this the storyline for the first WrestleMania match was fine. It was the it was the build up to the second storyline to the second match that was absolutely brilliant. The where, sequel, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where where you know Shawn Michaels needed to beat the Undertaker. He was accepting a, a Slammy Award. You know, after the after that WrestleMania loss, Shawn Michaels didn't appear back on TV. He appeared back for the Slammy Awards when he won one. He gave a cute little promo, and he was trying to give a speech, but then he just goes, no, no, I can't do this. And he appears later on in an Elimination Chamber match. He screws The Undertaker out of his championship, and they set up for another WrestleMania match. It is absolutely brilliant. They mirror their first WrestleMania match. There's chances that Sean is going to pick up the win. If you want a, a textbook match as far as getting a crowd behind you, making them believe WrestleMania 25 is, is your best bet. Memorable I love when, for me. I love when matches do that. They do callbacks to previous matches. 
it was just, you know, Shawn Michaels tried to hit the same move that he did before Undertaker caught him. Uh, Shawn Michaels was doing a moon moonsault to Undertaker. Undertaker caught him and hit a, a tombstone pile driver. Uh, it was a callback to that move, and and uh, Shawn Shawn learned, and and he was, you know, set to beat the Undertaker, but Undertaker once again kept that streak alive. Moving along, number two. Number two for myself, and I got to make sure I talk about this well, and CJ is going to talk about this one because this is one of CJ's favorite matches. Uh, my most memorable match, or one of my most memorable matches, would be the first ever pay-per-view for AEW, and it's Dust, and I'm saying it this way for a reason, Dustin Rhodes versus Cody. It's not Cody Rhodes because at the time, he didn't own the rights to his last name. Um <laughs> So, like, that was kind of the weird thing about the match was, like, he was fighting his brother, but he didn't have the same last name as his brother because he couldn't use it. <laughs> it was weird. Um, but it was it was, all, it was was very bloody. For some people, it was too bloody. It was a very emotional match. Um, there was a post-match angle that was really great and really emotional. Um, I was just really invested in this match. I loved it. Um, I just – the image of Dusty – on the ground with the blood kind of with the crimson mass pouring over his face is kind of burned into my brain. My um, God. So, yeah, that's what this, I really liked about that match. But, uh, yeah, what I'm, else you want to say? I'm getting to say crimson mask. Crimson mask. Ah, crimson mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to add too much to this at all. I just wanted to mention, uh, just a call back to the Cody name thing. It it, it it ties back to what you said about the blood. I always think about the psychology of the situation and Cody having that different name. Is he a character? Is he his brother? Is this a work? Is it a... And then you see work, the blood. Shoot, shoot work? No, yeah, that's exactly. The, that's the old days of AEW. And, and the entire thought of retiring that era and getting rid of his brother, the end of the match, they cut a promo, and it's like, I don't need a partner to take on the Young Bucks. I don't need a partner. I need my brother. I need my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who you are. It got to you. It got to you. It touched you. No, no. it was. It, <laughs> it's so it's a very memorable match. You guys talked about it. And I was like, it's so long ago. I can't remember a lot of the wrestling that happened around that time, but I remember this match. Yep. It was too much blood. I was like, Bleh. It's almost done. No, there's more. Oh, <laughs> oh God, please. And and just just for reference, Mr. Rizzo did have to twist my arm to get to get this match because it's that memorable. It sticks out to so many people. It's it's way up there. Good stuff. Good so who's uh, who's next at number two? That's is that me. you? That's me. TBZ. My number two is. At WrestleMania 34, the triple threat match for the IC belt. This is Seth Rollins, The Miz, and Finn Balor. For the the first match of WrestleMania, too. Like, this was a banger. Way to set the the tone. I went back and rewatched this, just so I could have proper notes. Everybody had a great entrance. Uh, Seth Rollins comes out as a fucking white walker. Because Game of Thrones was huge at the time. Why? Yeah, he's got the contacts in and everything. It reminded me. I really like the stage for WrestleMania 34, where I was like the jester cap and stuff, because they're in New Orleans. So you're just like, that was neat. Um, I I forgot about the Miz Taraj. So so glad I watched. I noted in all caps. I forgot about the Miz Taraj, aka the B team. B team. But yeah, they they came out with the Miz for the his entrance, and then Finn Balor uh, he debuted his uh, you know a Balor for everyone or whatever. Yeah, his his LGBTQ plus uh, yes positive the uh, merch for that. Yeah, that yes, that got a huge pop for that. Baylor um, Club is for everyone. 
that's what it was. That's what I was trying to think. I was like something for everyone. I'm like Prince. No, that's him now. Uh, anyway, and, and this match was great. I started watching it. Most triple threats will be like, okay, I flipped this one dude over in five seconds and now it's a one V one match. There was a good chunk of this match. The first like five, 10 minutes, they're just fighting each other in the ring. You're like, it was, it was a fucking, it was a fucking slobber knocker. Yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, it, I'd argue they don't build triple threats like they used to. <laughs> it was a good old fashioned Donnybrook. Yeah. So it was just, it, this was a very memorable match. It, it, the Miz's character at the time always joked, I'm making the IC belt the prestigious. Look at me. And I'm like, this, this match was it. it the, the IC belt felt way bigger deal for this match than I have, like, say, recently. It's, it was elevated. Uh, sorry, sorry Gunter. Sorry. But, but you seem to be also going down this path. So I'm excited to see what you'll do with it. Please. Gunther's going to chop me. Please don't chop me. I was going to say, I was literally going to say, Gunther's going to find you. And chop well, he's on the now. show with Roman Reigns, okay? It's it's not his fault. It's Roman Reigns' fault. Oh, man. Well, anyway, that, that's mine. TVZ, uh, I'm going to kick it a little old school. I've been keeping this old school. I'm going to keep this list a little old school. and, and oh, give not a pop. Mr. TBZ. Ah, you know? Anyway, go uh, I'm going to get a pop from my other viewers. For those that know me and know me well, they know that I'm a Bret Hart, a Bret Hart mark. And his match with Stone Cold Steve Austin, his WrestleMania 13 match, uh, was, was just, it was a double turn. We just saw a double turn possibly with Seth and, and Bobby Lashley. So I think this is perfect timing. Uh, Bret Hart at this time was was a was a, a champion that was really, really upset at constantly getting screwed. He got screwed out of the title, he got screwed out of opportunities, but he was he was still a face at the time. He was logical and people were just kind of not behind him anymore because he was getting a little whiny, right? Now, Stone Cold Steve Austin, on the other hand, he was just hot off of his Austin 316, uh, you know, uh, King of the Ring moment after he beat Jake Roberts. So Austin's on this tidal wave of being a heel, but cutting this great promo and getting all these fans behind him. They have Bret Hart the face. They got Steve Austin the heel that can't get stop getting cheered. What they do is they have Ken Shamrock as a special guest referee. They have an absolute brutal match. The memorable moment there is when Bret Hart locks in the sharpshooter and Stone Cold Steve Austin, after getting told explicitly not to bleed in the match, Bret and Austin agreed, we're going to get you red. And there is an iconic shot of Stone Cold Steve Austin trying crawling to get to the ropes to break the sharpshooter blood pouring down his face this man who the fans can't stop getting behind and before he gets to the ropes he passes out and brett won't let go of the hold and he allows austin's blood to drip everywhere on the mat ken shamrock breaks it up and you see brett hart go from a guy who kids want to see to the most hated man on the planet and you see stone cold steve austin earn his stripes get beaten down and get ready to open up a can of whoop ass awesome. open up a, a frosty brew a, a case of whoop ass it's just so memorable and and you have to see that shot if you don't if you've never seen that image it is it was on every opening for for 10 years it is oh it's it's so beautiful well as we like to say it's time for number one. Oh, yeah. My number one match for my top three most memorable 
And again, another one that's seared into my brain. I was over at somebody's house. I wasn't even watching too much wrestling at this time. Back in Wrestle... Well, I don't even know what year it is. It's probably 99 or 2000. I don't even know. WrestleMania 17. I could easily look that up, so I should know that. It was the ladder match between Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys for the tag titles. And it was... Uh, it was a kerfuffle, a Donnybrook. Uh, a hurly burly, a tomfoolery, skirmish, quarrel, a brouhaha, a dust up, a hubbub, uh, or maybe it was just a agree to disagree. Either way, it was a good old fashioned slobber knocker, like CJ said before. And we had, uh, we had Edge spear Jeff Hardy off a ladder while he was holding the titles in the middle of the ring when they were hanging from the rafters. Uh, An we had multiple moment. Yes, we had multiple uh, table spots with the Dudley boys throwing people all over the place. Uh, it was just crazy, and I, I loved it. Um, like I said, I wasn't even watching wrestling that much. It just over at someone's house for Mania, and I remember that match. It was crazy. So that's what I got for my most memorable match for me. Uh, so nuts. Well, you guys, nice. Do you guys remember that match? Do you remember checking that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on now. <laughs> I was watching it at the time as a kid, man. I was pretending I was Jeff Hardy. At, oh, my God. Absolutely. I've seen the clip of Jeff Hardy on that ladder. Yeah, that looks it's, nasty. It's famous. It's, it's, it's just one of those spots that you, you'll never forget. Yeah. My number one. I argue my favorite brand of all time of wrestling that I've watched is NXT. The gold brand. The black and gold brand. I really got into that, as I mentioned, with my OLI. Um, ever since watching that, CJ, you even talked about Johnny Gargano and Champa. That is probably the best feud I've seen in wrestling. It was so impressive. Uh, so much so that it is that a match in this again, watch any of it, but this specific match, I was reminded, well, first of all, the match, it is NXT takeover New Orleans, same weekend as the triple threat, uh, unsanctioned match between Champa and Gargano. Uh, this had the stipulation that if Gargano loses, he is gone from WWE. Um, this. I was reminded by somebody, shout out to Mackie Martin, that uh, I love Crazy, Champa. craziness, craziness. I, lo I love Champa so much because this match, he came out to nothing. They, they, they're just like, come on, on down. And now it's time for the main event. And then he announces Champa like, you know, he's coming to the ring. His graphics going and everything. There's just no music. At first, I was just like, is this is this a glitch? Did they forget to play his music or something? Just the fans instantly. Boom. It was the start of the Blackheart boom. right there, right? It was, yes. And they just start booing. I was beside myself. I was watching. I was like, this man's music is booze right now. Like, I texted him that day. I was like, you got to see this match. This is wild. <laughs> um, th This match, yeah. This uh, Champa also alerted me to what I call the NXT fan. As I watched NXT, I noticed there was this one dude that was always in like hard cam area during this run of Champa getting booed. This man, I swear, got up in Champa's face and just said, fuck you, Champa. Fuck you. Boo. And he's like inches from Champa just yelling in this man's face. I'm like, holy crap. People hate Champa. I like he's doing something that's working. <laughs> so this match was one of the entrances that I 
appreciated a lot. It was just, I was, I was beside myself. This is the first time I saw that happen. I was like, wow, wild. Um, this match alone was just great. Um, it has, I, I call it, I like this iconic shot where Champa is on the heart, the hardest part of the ring. He's about to get into the ring and we get a zoom out from hard cam and they're just showing a sea of Johnny Gargano, like signs that people are holding up and champ is just sitting there just being like, yes, your hatred sustains me. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's so well, that gave me chills when I saw that. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> and, and as you mentioned, you know, being, being a new fan, this is one of the deepest stories. This is one of the richest stories that WWE has produced in a very, very long time. This NXT is where it was at. Johnny Gargano yeah. comes out. His costume was Thor, it was it was uh, inspired by Thor Ragnarok because of the sanction or the stipulation on this match. If he loses, he's out. I was like, man, friggin' layers, man. Subtle. Uh, Johnny Gargan. And he does that with all of his costumes. So it just like when he was turning heel during this rivalry with Champa, he changed it to Venom. You know, it's just there's all these cool little subtle nuances that Johnny Gargano does, which is why I am a bleeding heart for him. <laughs> um in this match, uh, Champa sees someone in the crowd wearing a Johnny Gargano shirt has crutches. He scares him away and steals his crutch to use against Gargano in this match. I'm like, this man is a menace. He's out of so control. Good. Someone stop this guy. So good. Uh, yeah. And there's just so many good spots. At the time, I used to judge a, judge a match in NXT based on how many Mamma Mia's from Mario would oh, say during I this match. Mauro. I miss Mario. I rewatched this match, and yes, that reminded me how much I missed this guy. Oh, Two Mamma Mias during this match. Wow. It was fantastic. One was, one was Champa goes to po- uh, powerbomb Gargano on the table, and they like get away and go flying away. You can hear him yelling, but his like, mic is far away, so you just hear Mamma Mia. The crowd <laughs> then starts chanting it, too. That's how you know it's good. When the crowd chants Mamma Mia, Mama <laughs> you, got, Mia. you got yourself I a honker already. <laughs> I miss this NXT like this match. When I talk to older wrestling fans, they're all like high and mighty. Well, the attitude era was the best wrestling ever. I argue while that is true, you can still get that out of today's wrestling. And that is what this match reminded me of. This is the closest that I can get to that kind of wrestling. This was a gruesome match. This, this was, you could just, there was a lot of emotion and hatred in this match, and it was insane. And TBZ, although we shared our lists a little bit, I didn't notice how many commonalities we had between your top pick and my top pick. So I'm not going to bury the lead. Um, you had such a great moment just in, in NXT history. This is the time where it was as hot as it was and possibly as hot as it's ever going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I was just glad to be there. <laughs> so good. So good. But yeah, that um, was my that was my number one. So for, for I could go no- on, but this was a four honker for sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I mean it's it's I do have a heart. This is one of the most memorable matches I've seen. Um now for my number one, it, it may be ten or so years off from yours, but this is a match that did feature two relative attitude era stars. Uh one of which I was going to reference Matkin Martin myself. It's not a match that uh, there was a time where Matkin Martin and I were watching a pay-per-view together. And during a match, this man bled so much that Matkin Martin started bleeding out of nowhere. There was no reason to make him bleed. He just started bleeding from his arm. It was the craziest thing that happened. But 
Uh, shout out to Mac and Martin. This also involved a retirement match, and it also involved a man who gives little nods, little hints to the audience with his costumes. And this match was Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair, WrestleMania 24. This, this happened in 2008, Ooh. and this was Ric Flair's retirement match to me. Uh, I don't care. This was his real retirement match. Uh, little, <laughs> little, little backstory to this. As you know, Shawn Michaels is Mr. WrestleMania, and, and at this time in his career, he was feeling a little down. You know, It was getting to a point where maybe he was going to lose his smile, and we didn't want that to happen. He needed to prove that he was still Mr. WrestleMania, that he still had it. And an old hero of his pissed off Vince McMahon a little bit. Rick Flair announced at his hometown of North, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, that he had a huge announcement to make. And everybody thought he was going to announce his retirement. But he said, I'm never going to retire. Woo! And he said he's going to wrestle forever, which it turns out he did. Uh, and it still <laughs> continues to do. Uh, so a little, little cryptic there. But not but Vince, forever. Well, you know, we'll we'll see, man. Uh, so we Vince could get Bernie's. Oh, I told you that's going to be a great gimmick. Uh, <laughs> but so Vince McMahon's not happy about this, and he tells uh, Ric Flair that every match from now on is going to be your retirement match. You lose, and you're done, kid. And he ends up selling Ric Flair that he just keeps on hanging on by a thread, hanging on by a thread, hanging on by a thread. He challenges Shawn Michaels to a WrestleMania match. And I'm not going to get into the match itself, and I don't want to take it too far, but there's just a singular moment that is the most memorable moment that, that, that will ever happen in a wrestling match to me. Um, Ric Flair wearing his blue trunks, signaling that he's going to take a loss. Uh, he is down and out. He's been fighting tooth and nail against Shawn Michaels. Um, but Shawn gets him down, and he starts tuning up the band. The camera cuts to Sean's face, and he whispers to, to Ric Flair, he whispers, I'm sorry, I love you. And he puts him down, he puts that final bullet in him, and uh, Sweet Chin Music's Ric Flair pins him for the one, two, three, and you can see the agony and despair in Michael's face for retiring his childhood hero. It is the most beautiful piece of storytelling, and I don't think it's going to be topped in a very, very long time. Ladies and gentlemen, our most memorable matches... Great stuff all around from all three of us. Uh, I love recapping some of the old stuff. Good, good memories. I want to go back to some of that that uh, black and gold NXT days. Those that those pay per views are awesome. Uh, maybe we'll recap another one of those and give some hawk ratings down the road. But uh, yeah, so let's see. Uh, the next part of our podcast was myself trying to rip through the NXT minute. We're going to try to do much better than I did last week, because last week was terrible. Listen, uh, I, I am so pumped for this. I am so ready for I this. I am. I am ready to edit the shit out of this. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, All right. Yeah. All right, Not so. edit the shit out of it. We're going to layer stuff in, <laughs> and I am excited to hear how it comes out. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, this is, this is one take. I got a ton of faith in you, Mr. Rizzo, uh, but we're going to have some fun with this. So, All right. So we're I'm gonna, just going to listen to it to get We're going to get a timer, <laughs> and then you guys yeah, Who's got this timer? Uh, I... CJ's got the timer. CJ's got the timer. Excellent. Okay. Oh, wow. That sounds like a great name for a song. I've had a stopwatch going on for like four days. Oh, no. I just thought that's funny. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So am I just going to go or are you going to hit the button? 
Uh, are you ready to go? I'm ready yeah. to go. On your mark. Get set. And go. Go. The intangibles are back in NXT. Braun, power, agility, toughness. Von Wagner, strength, confidence. Okay, I love this. Physical. Braun runs the, the super fast ropes. Spear, victory. What's next? Apollo Crews or Jamie McDonough? Zoe Stark, go away heat. Complain about carrying Nikki to Lions. Two minutes too long. Duke Hudson tells Andre <laughs> Chase that he threw in the towel because he cares too much. Sangha and Veer, now Indus Seer, dominating, calling out Creed Bros. JD McDonough and Apollo have a great match. Apollo is the victor. He's next for Braun. Then we had a promo. Hard justice is on its way. Shawn Michaels is here to tell you it's deadline day. December 10th, Iron Survivor Challenge. Cool rules, there's a penalty box. <laughs> Main event, Mandy Bella. No, Brie Rose. No, Mandy Rose working the ramp. She's defeated Alba Fire in the last woman standing match with the help of the new witch of NXT, Ilya Dawn. Uh, how do you do? How do you do? Ah, uh, you got to almost a minute, four. a minute four. You had it down. You had it so good, uh, man. You have to cut it down four seconds. That's that's what it is. I, I tried. Also, I tried. I was also listening to the song. I'm gonna edit it, and goddamn, it works. It's yeah, it's <laughs> glorious. The only comment that I have to add is, uh, fucking hype. I got so excited. I can't wait to hear this. Um, it actually gets me really pumped for NXT next week. I'm like, oh, cool. I know everything that happened. It only took one minute to find out. All right. Cool, we got a cool segment. I'm, There's I'm a penalty totally... box. This is fucking great. We got a segment that works real well. This is. I need a sack after that. That was fun. That was fun. I did some homework on that one, guys. My teachers Fuck would be it, happy. Yeah. All right, we need more. We need more of that. Um, no, I can kind of do it with Rampage, but I'm not going to do it that fast. No, but but now <laughs> let us let us end with AEW. We watched AEW. We have Rampage. They can recap all of that. They believe. Yeah, Rampage last is- week Friday, and then uh, Dynamite a little while ago that we watched today. Kind of do a little recap of both. That's leading into the pay per view on Saturday, which is Full Gear. I, I have lost track of time since, you know, life happened. And uh, <laughs> during AEW today, I said to the boys, I was like, when is full gear? This Saturday? When the fuck did that happen? <laughs> it's just it's like, like time has escaped me. And I'm like, man, that came up quick. It's like, TVZ, you had something important going on during these last <laughs> couple of weeks. So, you know, you're forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we had so uh, we we had Rampage, which was basically the the Rampage to to get a lot of these tournament qualifiers uh completed. Yeah, there was some of that. I did like the setup for Christian and Luchasaurus that or I'm sorry. Christian came out with Luchasaurus and the Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy match is going to be in a steel cage and Luchasaurus hit Jungle Boy so hard that his shoe actually came off. <laughs> and I thought that was really cool. So good. So that was really good. Um, but yeah, I mean that that was that. And then, like you said, we had uh, we had some of the tournament matches with like Brian Cage and Dante Martin. Is Jungle Boy going to become the Alicia Fox of AEW? <laughs> just ragdolling all over the place. I love the Alicia Fox reference. There we go. We need more of that. I loved Alicia watching her as a wrestler. Fox. When she got beat up, she like was like inflatable tube man or whatever. Like just yes. kind of like, she's lanky and stuff. It was it was fun. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, 
so yeah, like uh, I'm just gonna recap this. Unless there's something else you guys want to hit on, let me know. Just Brian Brian Cage won against Dante Martin. Uh, the finish was really awesome. I'm just gonna check that out. Dante Lee and who? Might, uh, Dante Martin and Brian Cage. Brian Cage Ooh. won that match. <sighs> that was yeah. the one on the on the bracket that we were unsure of. Everything else, I think we picked. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I did go with Brian Cage. Might, yeah, Lee Moriarty might be setting up a match with Hook. Um, we Ooh, got the like cool, an Enster on a team with uh, uh, wrestling down the road. I think. Yeah, like rivals. Yes. Okay, not in so. a tag team. Yeah, that's correct. Cool. No, that'll be a good match. I'd like to see that. I miss Hook. I haven't seen him. Uh, like I didn't have him watch Rampage. You're a House hooker. of Black had another long, not long, but another like vignette promo with them um, underwater and burned, and I don't know. It was kind of cryptic. Um, Who's then, that woman in House of Black? Uh, Julia Hart. Correct. I'd listen to her. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Uh, <laughs> is what's his face back? Malachi. No, it was just a promo, like just a vignette. That's all it was. Um, the next match, which we think we we picked the winner correctly, which was Roosh versus Bandito. Um, Bandito went over. Uh, Johnny Hungy eventually came out for one point because he had called uh, him a Roosh bag. Got to start something. <laughs> um, he did come out with the green cord. Like, he pulled the green cord out from under the ring because that's his gimmick right now is wrapping the cord around him. But the one thing I'm pointing about this is match. We've talked about how Ring of Honor, we just don't like how it's been associated with that a little bit. It's just muddled. There's too many belts. There's too much stuff. There's a pay-per-view for Ring of Honor December 10th, and they advertise it by just putting it a little graphic in the corner. They didn't even mention that it was on December. Like They didn't say Ring of Honor pay-per-view December 10th. It was just in the corner. So, Man, is it? Yeah. Is it Jericho disrespecting Ring of Honor or AEW? Exactly. Like <laughs> I just I, I want a TV deal with them so we know where to watch them. It just it's kind of stinks, but yeah, right. Make it its own show. I'm here uh, for it. Jake, I like this hat Hager on Claudio. <laughs> um, yeah, so that happened. Um, Nyla Rose did her impression of Jade. Which was she did like exactly Jade's move, licking her hand with the pin, and Jade came out dressed as money. She was literally dressed in money. Is I this like the Heidi Klum thing where it's like money and she's like in the dollar bill or something? No, she was just wearing like tights, like or not okay. t- like a like a what would you call that? I wouldn't call it a unitard, but like just super tight fitting clothing like that had dollar. Thank you, spandex had dollar bills all over it. It just nice. Yeah. Oh, so she's like Carmella then. And then would Big Shot Lee Johnson versus Orange Cassidy. Um, Orange Cassidy stealing Mark Henry's line and microphone of uh, it's time for the minute. His Mark's like, no, 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 that's my thing. So Orange Cassidy's still trying to steal stuff from Mark Henry. Uh, Trent had a cool <laughs> spear, but that was about it for Rampage. That was everything for Trent. Rampage. What are you doing? You're just floundering. He's floundering, but you know, good for him. At least he's getting on TV. But but that does yeah, bring he's us- mid. That brings us to AEW Dynamite, which starts off with a match which, honestly... It's not mid. It's not mid. It's uh, Claudio Cascanoli and, and Brian Danielson uh, versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. It's one of those matches that we've seen before, or we felt like we've at least seen a hundred times before, but... I know Mr. Rizzo is going to be mad at me, but... Uh... CG and I both during the start of this match were like, on paper, this match is meh. 
It's just we've seen it like uh, it's like there's a four, fatal four way coming in a couple days. I'm it's sick of the like... BCC versus the JAS. Yeah, you guys for have been sure. doing this for six months now. Well, I don't know how much longer the BCC is going to be together, but nation of speculation, baby. I'm not really sure where to go with this because I, I kind of knew what we were getting with all four of the guys, but I was expecting Claudio and Danielson to maybe be on the outskirts with each other by something that happened in the match. And instead, we just got like a solid tag team match between the JAS and the BCC. Well, um, Mr. So Rizzo, it, was, did... it was entertaining and I enjoyed it, but it's not the story I thought I was getting. Gentlemen, I, I don't want to get too far into this, but if you guys haven't seen the seeds that are already planted for the implosion of the BCC come full gear, uh, it's it's there. I, I may not it may not happen at that event, but oh man, it's ready to happen. Mr. Rizzo, didn't you also say that this match is happening for the Ring of Honor belt? Like all four participants are in a free for all. Yeah, for-all. that's what was leading me into believing that there was going to be some infighting. Like yeah, you have two versus two, and then all four of them are going to be everyone for themselves next week. And right. I didn't think we were going to get any animosity between Sammy and Jericho. I was expecting it between Claudio and Danielson. And right now we got none of it, and we just won't get it until Saturday. They'll, it they'll... was just an advertisement match for the pay-per-view. And it's like most way... of this episode of AEW, honestly. It was, uh, you know, it's the so go-home show. Yeah, it's, it's a go-home show. It's a great way to see Danielson and Casagnoli in a match with each other before the BCC breaks up. Both Sammy and Danielson had very red chests for how much they got slapped around. Uh, they put in some work. Good stuff. They certainly did. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to lean on you guys a little bit with the notes for, for AEW Dynamite. Oh, for um, sure. Well, I really so, enjoyed the show today. And no, my notes for the entire show, I wrote AEW... Um, I got Claudio, you, fam. Danielson, Sammy, and the Ocho. And after well, that, get, I don't have any notes for the entire well, show. Well, get your promo machine gun ready because it is time for promos. We get the Mox vs. MJF promo. It's happening. Full gear. We'll hear from them tonight. Promo next. Darby and Sting versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. I hate Jeff Jarrett. Love I know Jeff it's Jarrett. A, I know CJ likes Jeff Jarrett. It, wasn't he just on WWE? Yeah, whatever. Get on out of here. He's a bum. Get it's that back. Funny. We, we got, we're going to have to save this for maybe next week after the pay-per-view and have a discussion between the three of us of where we are on our perception and what we're thinking going forward with Double J. What you mean is a conversation you, between me and two slap nuts. No, no, like you're the one that kind of put me back in, in the straight. You gave me more perspective, a little nuance about him and his character that I didn't feel before. And I think uh, TBZ is even more of extreme than I w- like started. So we're just all in different spots right now, and we'll see where we are after this match. And we'll it's have a true. big talk about it. We'll, we'll go it's from true. There. It's dumb. I hate him. Why are you getting more talent? You have a bloated roster. Just use the current roster. You don't need more fucking talent. <laughs> Hit him with a guitar, baby. Slap nuts. Well, I need to cool off this promo gun and talk about Bones and Swerve. That's the match that happens after the promo for that uh, match we just talked about. No, That starts off with also the advertised music video that was going to happen with the acclaimed. Fire. Involved Captain Insano, the the long-awaited return of Captain Insano. It was Paul. Is that his actual persona? 
back in the water boy yes he his persona okay. was captain insano yes well i mean they didn't get swerve in their glory for their music video so i didn't know if they were just using paul white as a like stand in for captain insano that's all. no and it's funny because paul white did <laughs> promise uh aw that he was going to return his captain insano gimmick from the water boy <laughs> and this is where it happened i heard some people <laughs> say did. that they didn't love this there's a lot of whatever but no i thought this was fire this is just it so was, funny whoa, 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 it was hilarious. where did you hear this because we watched the entire show together and then we started recording the podcast who did you talk to in between well i just i read i i take i take notes and i read before we start things just because you know i just i read quickly you just said i talked to my brother he gave me all this stuff and that's all it's fine it worked out i just was like he talked to a bunch of people in like the two minute break that we had no, there there are sites that obviously do live recaps of the show, so it's just something that I kind of, of you know read and speculate on because I'm I'm kind of a dork. I thought it was no, funny that right back in this you. music video we saw Billy Gunn with a foam two hand, and uh, I think that Billy Gunn is over the moon, loves being attached to the acclaimed, and is living his best life because he did not take off that foam two hand from the music video and carried it with him with the acclaim for their entrance he had this foam hand and i just i, I had to mention this because i died laughing i was just like god I, man if i hate that... how much i love this and i also hate it if he, if <laughs> he... i still hate it <laughs> if mr ass if daddy ass has kept that foam finger on this whole time i'd, I'd hate to see what his girlfriend looks like <laughs> <laughs> got him oh that was a little blue collar i'm sorry folks scissor me slap nuts <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna happen but uh yeah so the no, music that uh sorry music video the, oh i was just gonna say the music video is great check it out it's hilarious uh and the, then that leads into their match and their so. match was their match was fine because you know bowens is a very underrated performer and swerve can go nothing too special about the match itself it it was just a a feeder match until uh full gear when we see the actual tag belts on the line versus swerve in our glory it was a good way to give Swerve some momentum going into full gear because they're going to need all of it against the acclaimed and they're still going to lose. And kind of sad about it because, well, I'm just sad about it, but also I, I'm not against the acclaimed. No, and we'll see some storyline progression with Swerve in our glory as well, hopefully at full gear. I think we all know what's kind of going to come. Um, but, you know, speaking of things that we're not sure about, the next thing that happens on uh, Dynamite is the Samoa Joe, Wardlow, and Powerhouse Hobbs, a weird little scrum that happened. Now, they were cutting a promo, and all three men got physically involved with each other. We're seeing this, as they call it, kind of a love triangle uh, between these three men. We don't know if there's going to be a match at full gear, uh, but it's it's just something that, hey, whatever, these are three big dudes that can go. Let's see them, let's see them fight. I just noted that Wardlow fucked around, and he found out. So saith Samoa Joe. <laughs> He's so good. That dude can cut such a great promo. Uh, you know, and it's just I was getting some Wendy him. vibes from how aggressive and intense he was being. I swear to God, if he said Wendy, I would have pissed my pants. Ah, that would that would have been four hawks. When you said Wendy, I almost peed my pants. I'm like, that would have been so goddamn funny. Like Wendy, just like so out of character for a second, would but it would have gotten such a pop. <laughs> Uh, I just yeah, to follow up with you guys real quick. Just looking up the match card, Wardlow, Samoa Joe, and Powerhouse Hobbs are listed of having a three-way for the 
AEW ta- TNT championship. TNT championship. That's, that's, that's what I figured. Yeah, Wild. that's what I thought. But so that's what this promo was. Advertisement for that. It's promo cannon time. And once minutes. again, speaking of storyline progression, our next match involves Jade versus Nyla. <laughs> Wait, no, sorry. Another promo in between? I'm so sorry. Oh, there are so many promos. promos. We had oh, the no. promo for Jade v. Nyla, which... God bless Nyla. Uh, Nyla, you are my favorite. <laughs> I don't love her on Twitter, but right now she's... What? I'm, I'm, I'm all over this. This is a great angle. This is funny. Oh, I just like her as a character. Just anytime she's on there, she's always cracking me up. And she just... This she, works. She's playing a character and she does it well. Yeah. And no, I'm, I'm enjoying the Rose. time that I get to see her. She's and on I love that they're listing her as the quote TBS champ. Like they, they're not being like, no, no, she's not the champ. They're like, yeah, no, maybe. Yeah, like <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, just, I guess you could. It looks. You could kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love that the storyline is basically like every superstar is just going. You can do that. You can just take it. Like, <laughs> okay. Uh, it's it's fun. Anyway, that's. We had a promo for that. We had a Britt Baker promo, which I might argue was actually very good. Uh, it's a heartfelt message to Soraya in response to Soraya being all like, I built this house. And she's like, well, she referenced uh, Daly's place. And uh, she's talking about how she, you know, in the dark times, she gave wrestling to the fans when the fans couldn't come here. She was she was good. She was, oh, yeah. You know, pulling at those heartstrings. She also propped up. uh Saraya a little bit as well, saying like, "Hey, I give you, you know, respect for dealing with your back injury and dealing with addiction, and kind of like, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to build up the person you're about to beat up. So when you beat them, it looks like you accomplished something. If you talk down to them the whole time, then you beat them. It's like, well, you're supposed to do that. So it was a it was a good promo. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I would say check it out for during this episode if you're going to watch Dynamite. D- um, then we have the D- promo for Ricky Starks challenging Archer for a match on Rampage. Yeah, I'm, and uh, I think that Ricky's going to go over, but I'm still afraid for his life going against Lance Archer. It's going to be a brutal match for sure. Um, I do want to touch on the trios match that happened: uh, Death Triangle versus Lee Moore, uh, Top Flight plus. Extra guy, I'm blanking on his name right now. A.R. Fox. There we go. Um, this match happened. This was a hot match. I mean, I believe, to quote CJ, this match is going to honk. Just even before the entrances started. It actually, it was during Top Flight. He was just like, this match is going to honk. There's just going to be a lot of ridiculousness. And, of course, yeah, you have Dante Martin. You have Ray Phoenix. You have the Lucha Bros as a tag team. You have Death Triangle. I mean, I don't need to explain this match to you. It was hot. But, I mean, Mr. Rizzo, if you have something to say about the match, I'm going to move on to the hottest part of this segment. Oh, no, it was just a exactly great match. match. A.R. Fox okay. did amazing. And how? What, what happened after the match ended? After Death Triangle defended their trios match, uh, suddenly a graphic appeared. And they're talking about how there's a trios match at full gear. I didn't know there was going to be a trios match. Did you, Mr. Rizzo? CJ? I, well, yeah. No, I don't I don't think there was one. And it was weird. It was only a death triangle. There was no opponent. Oh my god, it's the elite. Ah. They are showing that the elite is coming back at full gear to fight for the trio's belt. Yeah, I kind of said when we were watching the show that I expected the young bucks to show up today. 
Mr. Not, Rizzo they, called it. Yeah. But I was not correct. Like they didn't show up. They did a they graphic and they showed, showed up showed on us the video tron. And they showed us that they were gonna be in the map, but they didn't pop, they didn't come out and pop the crowd. So I was incorrect with that one. But my whole point was that I thought they were gonna advertise a match with the Bucks for Saturday and not just have them show up on Saturday. So that's kind of was my main point. Not going to lie, you know, we watch it a, a little bit to cut out the commercials, so we we end at 10. So things happen before we see him. Mr. Rizzo says, I didn't see any spoilers, but I got a feeling the Young Bucks are going to show up. And I was like, God damn it, Mr. Rizzo, if they show up, I'm going to be so mad at you right now because that meant you saw the spoilers, but they didn't show up. Yeah, I didn't see any spoilers, I swear. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, I can believe you. Uh, but it's it's a match that the Young Bucks and Kenny can lose. We won't get into the nation of speculation, but it's a match that actually coming back, it, they could stand to lose. I'm so happy to see them come back. I am so over um you know them being gone i, I want to see them back i love kenny i love the bucks but it's a match they can lose next up we've got ethan page versus bandito uh, i believe this is in a tournament right what was the the winner of tournament? this tournament it becomes the number one contender for the Moxley aew world champion and i think we talked about this last week a little bit with the bracket cj and i just kind of assumed now that it was going to be Ethan Page winning this whole thing because it makes a lot of sense with him having some story to tell with Stokely. And if we also believe that M- Nation of Speculation, if MJF was going to win the title this Saturday, then this first uh, defense would be against Ethan. And I think that that the firm is one, you know, they just put him through the table and you know, we just—I think that's where the story's going. We'll see. What it we makes it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethan Page versus MJF would be really sweet too. Like yep. the clash there. So, uh, but yeah, I this love, match is for that tournament, and and as you guys called it, Ethan Page won. I love uh, good egos, uh, all ego. Ethan Page's finisher, uh, but we don't want to sell Bandito short. Bandito looked no. awesome in this match as well. Uh, every time we've seen him so far at AEW, he has uh, honked, and Dude, uh, we so- like it. Dude stole my heart. <laughs> if I recall several episodes ago, he was my tope. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll see, I'm, I'm sure we'll see Bandito around a lot. Um, next up, we had promo for Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy when they announced it. Wasn't that then when they announced it was going to be in a cage? They told us on Rampage. So this okay. was something they else. Were they were re-advertising yeah, yeah, it exactly. for Yeah, exactly. Uh, then we have the Soraya promo. Kind of pretty basic. Not against her. It's just more, I'm done talking. I'll fight you at... Full gear. Um, then we have Tony versus Anna J uh, for the interim belt. Um, this also, Mr. Rizzo, right, uh, was a last minute substitution. Anna J was not scheduled to fight Tony. It was uh, the bunny. Originally. Yeah, I want to say like three or four o'clock uh, news came out. At least I saw on Twitter from a couple places or Tony Khan had mentioned that the bunny was sick. She wasn't going to be able to compete at AEW. So they scheduled um, Anna JAS to fill in for. Uh, the bunny and have a match, but we, I'm not, we're not going to go too far into this thing. We both knew that she was going to lose because we weren't going to take the title off Tony storm before her match on Saturday. But I was slightly disappointed being kind of a bunny fan that I didn't get to see her wrestle. So what do you guys got? Uh, <laughs> I guess CJ is done. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was, I, you, I was going to make a joke and then you, 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 
cut. Yeah, we're good. Oh, because I liked the bunny so much. Is that what? Yeah, it was? yeah. I was gonna talk to you guys about how disappointed I was that the bunny wasn't there. <laughs> you but you fucking stole my lead. <laughs> I mean, that was gonna be great, but we don't need I'm jokes. Just, don't worry. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that I'm mad that they switched it because to me, put my hand generally up. in the wrestling world, if you're switching them out. It's like it doesn't matter who they're gonna fight because they're gonna lose. Like it's just you're showing your hand, and that's yeah. enough for me. It's like you, you kind of killed the like the veil of wrestling. It's like oh, did you who do you knows? think you'd rather not book the match and just have her no, compete on no. Saturday? No, 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 no. What, what I'm getting like the bunny's a wild card, so I don't know. For me, I could be like, yeah, maybe the bunny might actually snag the interim belt. And this is again me speaking on like. They should get wacky with this interim belt because it like typically it won't matter until the champ comes back. And then they'll probably because they'll be a baby face, have them win. Typically, I, but, I have no issue with that either. Uh, I, I would say that the bunny, unfortunately, or anybody against Tony Storm right now, unfortunately, they're not going to win. The match it's was set up for Saturday, so there really wasn't a point to even consider mm-hmm. it happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, it's we're set up with her like, against Hater. After the hater match, I will believe a lot more that they might just randomly take her off the interim title. But the, we saw the graphic for the match on Saturday, so it just that wasn't changing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this match was uh, it was all right. It was decent. Um, it ended as expected. Yeah. Uh, you get to see a little bit of Anna Jay's flair. Uh, I said it was like, yeah, it's like uh, Jericho rubbing off on her character and she's got a little bit more like yep. sports entertainers vibe to her. So that's cool. It's good to see that. Um, but yeah, then we moved on to the main event, which was a Moxley promo for Full Gear. Um, this was good. Uh, you know, it's this whole rivalry has been fantastic, and this was no exception. Um, he, you know, Moxley comes out and said, talks about who he is, then talks about who MJF is, and then, uh, you know, the firm comes in to beat up Moxley, uh, and then MJF comes out to beat up the firm. And actually does a pretty good job. It does it pretty handily. He almost kind of comically did it, which uh, like, oh, for, for a sh- second, I was kind of like, are they just playing into this? Is this all still a work shoot, shoot, work, work, it, shoot? Th- there was that moment something. when there was a moment where MJF, I forget who it was against. I think it was uh, Ethan Page. Ethan he Page goes to punch where him and he does like the comical eye hey, poke. I ought <laughs> yeah, he gives him an eye poke and then like a look to the camera and a nut kick. And then he gives him, yeah, the why I ought to punch. And it was so worky. It was funny. It could be MJF being overly confident or a signal to what I think is going to come. So this promo was to advertise for Mox V. MJF and honestly I said it during this promo this is the match I'm most excited for at full gear like no offense to full gear I if I don't watch anything else I need to see this match oh I'd say hands down this is the this is the draw this is what gets asses in seats this is what gets the, the premium live event buys uh this Moxley versus MJF match is it's just gonna be a banger sorry a honker we can't hear you Mr. Rizzo Mr. Rizzo you are muted that was awesome. Um, so I was going to transition to what we were talking about and also move into our segment. And that would be the anticipation that you guys have for the NJF Moxley match was at the top of my list as the most anticipated match over the weekend. But I kind of believe I know the outcome. Not that I'm expecting, I mean, I could get worked. 
but I'm expecting it to be a good match. But the most excited match for the weekend for me and my tope would be the trios titles match that we just found out about with uh, Death Triangle of Pac, uh, Phoenix, Ray Phoenix, and Pentagon versus the Elite of Kenny and the Bucks. And I'm just excited to see those guys. I'm excited for the pop. I wonder what outfits they're going to have. And uh, I miss the Elite, so I'm excited for that. And what yeah. CJ and both of you guys were saying, that we think it can go either way. We're a good story told either way from the Elite, getting the titles back or getting knocked out a peg and the death triangle looking strong. Both of them are good stories. So I'm excited. What do you guys got? Go ahead, CJ. Uh, so for my Tope Suicida moment, what you guys can look out for is me buying some goddamn Powerball tickets or some mega million tickets and me buying that shithole promotion at TNA and making Alberto Del Rio the champion. So that's my fucking Tope Suicida moment of the week. That's what you, what you motherfuckers can look out for. All right. Did, did CJ just suddenly get drunk? <laughs> He's got a lot of like angry drunk vibes going on. You let me tell was, you. Uh... Was, I was going for old man smoking a cigarette vibes. Yeah, like, okay. listen, you goddamn. When I, when I get a rich success. <laughs> so are you going to buy TNA? You're going to buy NWA? I'm not buying a shithole promotion where stinky ass Tyrus is the champion. Yeah, but if you buy it, then you can take it off of Tyrus. And then somebody can call your mama. You know what's funny is I saw a movie where I thought that uh, there there was like a fish playing guitar and shit. My name is Mr. Fish. These guys' thoughts have granted my wish. Oh, yeah. All I want to know who's in that fish costume. That was amazing. The fish was me, Tyrus. <laughs> so I was conflicted. I had two topes. I mean, Austin Theory, this new character. Ooh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with him. Oh, yeah. I thought I would make him my tope, but then I realized I think I said that a couple of weeks ago. So why would I repeat? Keep looking out what for could, him. What could happen? I don't know. Oh, during SmackDown, I remember a time when I was like, I immediately went, ooh, that's going to be a good match. And it's the World Cup match coming up at SmackDown. We've got Ricochet. Versus Mustafa Ali. It's going to be a I'm good excited. match. I'm excited because you can give Ricochet someone to wrestle that's more his speed. And, and it's giving some spotlight to uh, what I would call cruiserweights. Yes. And Ali can't catch a break. You know, didn't he just get squashed by Bobby Lashley? Yes. Bobby oh, Lashley. yeah. Oh, I yeah. point out that he is getting a break because they're allowing him to wrestle on both Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I just a- don't think he- Ali's not going to win this match, but it's going to be a fun match. No, it's I don't it. think Ali's going to win for a month or two, and yeah. we'll see what happens. But the if match Ali- will be fun. If Ali let's got- go, Ricochet. If Ali got to continue that feud with Bobby Lashley, I'd consider that he'd get a break to his nose. <laughs> Bobby Lashley got him. That was good. Bubbles. So yeah, that was uh that was our show this week. We went long. We went really um, long. I missed I missed talking about wrestling. But yeah. we had a nice fun segment where we talked about our most memorable wrestling matches. That was and fun. uh I went super quick with my NXT minute. I can't wait to do that again next week. That was fun. Ooh. As always, hit us up at, at wrestling hawks on Twitter, or please send us an email at honk if you love wrestling at gmail.com. 
And now I'm, for some reason, like changing my accent. I don't know what the deal is with me doing it. I'm all about it. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know what to do here. I don't, I'm just going to end it all, all regular. Uh, honk. Honk.